This is Red Flags and Red Cards, a podcast about racing, soccer, and everything in between. everybody welcome back to red flags and red cards on this fine friday is when we're recording this so you know better late than never as the saying goes and what a friday it is um i'm having a great morning i had the best sleep i've had in two weeks nice <laughs> uh just came back from virginia yesterday and uh woke up to state champs releasing a new record Taylor acorn released a new single uh um uh, Charlotte Sands released a new song with Aaron Gillespie. Uh, what else came out today? Um, oh, Alana Springsteen came out with a new single today. Mitchell is on that State Champs record. It's really good. He comes in on the bridge. He fits perfectly into it. Just go listen to it. Anyway, what were you saying? Hey, didn't Silverstein release a record like last week? They're the new. They're the new NoFX. Not NoFX, but <laughs> MXPX. Where it's like they release a new record every week. Maybe. <laughs> I saw yeah, him talking yeah, about did. it. Okay. Yep. And Silverstein. So lots of good music going around. That's probably why I'm in a good day and a good mood on this day because I had uh, a chiropractor appointment and I just rode down rode down the road with my windows down, sunroof open, blaring pop punk on an 80 degree morning. Nice. It was, it was just prime. Puts me in the best mood. How are How are you in fine state of North Carolina? Uh, we're doing well. Uh, we went through. It's it's been a it's been a it's been a few. How long has it been since we recorded slash talked? Three month? three. <laughs> it weeks. feels it feels like it. We've been going through these things where like Josh and I would text probably every day. If we missed two days, it was like, all right, that was weird. And especially now that it's hockey playoff season, like neither of us have. I think we've maybe had two or three texts about the playoffs so far. Yeah. Um, because there was a series it's... that was a waste of eight days of <laughs> Preds. Um, <laughs> uh, and I don't know how I feel about the Blues being the Wild. I think I'm indifferent. I think yeah. I prefer the Blues over the Wild, mainly because the last Preds game I went to, we played the Wild and they beat us. Mm. But I uh, greatly prefer the Wild over the Blues, so that okay. series disappointed me, um, but not in a way that it really bothers me. Um, but yeah, it's just been like, because we've... We were in a lot of transitions with our church. On top of that, our pastor was gone for like two weeks. Mm. So there was a solid two weeks where a lot of stuff was like, it was just busy. Yeah. <laughs> it was so busy. And then as soon as that ended, we had like this allergy cold type thing go through our house. And so we spent like a week with at least one of us kind of being down and out for a day or two. Jeez. Um, yeah. So it's it's like, okay, we're, we're kind of stabilized finally. <laughs> There's, okay. Everybody's healthy. Our Every, all our staff's back. Like, yeah. it's like, okay, we can, we have a plan for the next few months so we can kind of get our, you know, get ready for the summer months now. But, uh, yeah. Now, yeah. now that you're in like, what, what is this, your sixth month of being married somewhere mm-hmm. in there? It's, I, I feel like I've come to this realization of if I don't hear from you, like, it's fine. And I, I'm, I'm like, it's probably just family stuff going on. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, also... as as our, as our friendship's been going on for the past however 
13, 12, 15, 20 years, whatever it is. <laughs> um, uh, I'm just like, all right, yeah, this is, it's just everyone's adjusting. <laughs> right, yeah. It's uh, it's quite, and then on top of that, like, soccer season was ending, volleyball season's beginning. So, like, we got our first volleyball game tonight. Um, church volleyball so or, cool. or the girls' no, volleyball? Uh, the girls' volleyball. Um, and yeah, and then I have church softball too, um, <laughs> which our team is shockingly good. We're undefeated. Um, we're like five and zero or something like that. I was really hoping you're going to say we're one and zero. No, that, like that would make sense. We're one and zero, and then we end up at one and four. That's been our historic kind of thing. But this year we're five and zero, including this this past week we missed like like our best player. Like th- two of them were at the Hurricanes game, and the other one was on his honeymoon. So like we mm. were, we were down, and we still beat the team that we were playing by. Like it was closer than it should have been. Like if we were, if we had those guys, we would have crushed them. But it's like wow, we're we're actually for after seven years of playing church softball, we're we're good now, and I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, I, if I'm supposed to be excited because I'm always supposed to get my hopes up. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is a good thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, and all that to say, we're back. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're here now. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I say this every week, but hopefully we'll be uh, recording on a weekly basis again. Uh, my tour season uh, ramps back up this week or, uh, mm-hmm. or next week. Um, we've had almost three weeks off and it's been Weird. I uh, got back from California from our, our last show and went straight to Virginia to uh, work at my dad's shop and build our countertops for our kitchen. Finally got back yesterday. And then, of course, Lulu flew out yesterday morning to go um, celebrate with our friend who graduated from nursing school this weekend. So, like, we literally just crossed paths. So, when I see her on Monday, I hadn't seen her in 15 days, which is the longest spread we haven't seen each other since. February of 2020 when I was in Canada for that same amount of time. So mm. it and it's been even harder now because like, you know, with COVID and everything, you're with each other every day. So this was like even more this is even harder than it was uh before COVID of being apart. So uh yeah, just a lot of that going on then, you know, I say all that and next week we go right back on the road and uh we are on the road every weekend until the end of september we have one weekend we have one weekend off as of right now which is that weekend in september they might fill it in they might not uh so yeah it's uh it's good it's nice to be back uh doing doing the thing and not having to worry about (laughs) driving because gas costs you uh a loan you have to take out a loan if you want to get gas Mm -hmm. now yep so that's awesome but Anyway, we keep ranting on here. Should we go on with top three? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, go ahead and start us off, Nick, with your right. top three. And by the time you're done, I'll have my top three. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so my top three. Top three are uh, your favorite or least favorite things that happened over the weekend. In this case, the past month and a half for us. <laughs> um, but naturally, I just did like the past weekend because it's the most relevant. Uh, with um, I'm, I am all racing and i don't say motorsports because but i'm all racing and you'll see why here um number one again these are in no particular order um number one miami f1 grand prix was a success in my eyes and i think it was in many others uh a phenomenal event just from uh the party atmosphere the um the 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 just seeing the united states really um 
grasp on to F1, especially here in Miami. Yes, we've been in in Austin for the past, uh, I think this will be the 10th year, I believe, ninth or 10th year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Miami was just such a great success and the great success. Um, so that was awesome to see. Aside from the exclusive, exclusive, I can't say this word, exclusive to those who make a lot of money because there are only 85,000 tickets sold. Yes, they all sold out, but if I think if I had to put an average price on a ticket, I think just to get in the door, you had to have at least nine hundred or a thousand dollars just to get gracious. in the door. Um, not a fan of that, but I loved that this racetrack was basically built in a parking lot around a once decrepit stadium, now a fantastic stadium. Uh, number two, um, Willie T. Ribs does the post-race interviews for the F1 race. Um, did you watch this? Oh my, <laughs> dude, it was so, so good. He was so like, just him, just, he was just Willie T. Ribs. Like it was so funny, fantastic. Even like the drivers were kind of taken aback by his presence and like what he was saying. It was super good. I highly suggest just go back and find a replay of, of those post-race interviews. Um, I don't want to try to recreate it because I'll just, I won't do it justice. Um, number three, Willie B, William Byron calling Joey Logano a moron. Uh, this <laughs> is, well, I will get into this in a little bit, but uh, I feel like we got to see a side of William Byron we have never seen. Uh, and that's all I'll say about that. We'll touch on it a little bit later. And I have two honorable mentions uh honorable mention number one martin brundle's awkward but brilliant grid walk that uh josh and i were texting back and forth during uh so martin brundle he's uh one of the the commentators for um sky sports f1 and he does a grid walk just like uh michael Waltrip does uh, before the race um and so he's trying to find all these celebrities and anyone he can talk to on the grid and he thinks he sees Patrick Mahomes, but it turned out it was just some tall kid with curly hair and the same skin complexion as um, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, so that was a someone in the in the producers booth messed up on that one, thinking that was him telling Martin Brundle to go talk to him. The other one was the awkward and cold shoulder that um, Serena Williams gave Martin. That was terrible awful uh i felt so bad for him but uh and a few other instances that happened i think he tried to oh trying to get uh david trying to get to talk to david beckham that was awesome uh my other honorable mention is the kentucky derby rich strike Mm. winning from the back i mean he pulled a talladega and just got a draft and plowed through uh one thing i saw on instagram um i was watching a video of it so you know this the phrase like hold my beer like i'm gonna mm-hmm. i'm about to do something crazy someone said rich strike just said hold my oats and i lost my mind when i read that comment <laughs> i was i read it at like midnight and i was crying laughing when i read it uh so that's my top three with two honorable mentions um i'm really looking forward to pretty much going into depth in all of these so josh what do you have for your top three so my top three, um, the big one from this this past 12, uh, 24 hours is the NFL released its schedule. Oh, yeah. Um, which, uh, which for some people, um, and historically me, has been a big who cares. Um, that's mm. That starts in September. Mm-hmm. It is currently May. Mm-hmm. I really don't care. Um, it's like, you know, update me on the schedule. I'll check in September. Um, but... This week, listening to, to more of the Buffalo Sports Radio, 
Um, that's like it's all they've talked about, and they've been playing like because there's been certain leaks and stuff like that, and so they've been playing like schedule Sudoku, trying to figure out <laughs> what the Bills' schedule will be, and you know all these different things. And so it was fun because the rumors were coming out. It's like okay, they haven't announced who the Rams are playing on opening night, and so there's like. They were, then they announced, so there's rumors that it was going to be the Broncos, but then they announced Bron- Broncos-Rams on Christmas. It's like, okay, so thinking through so it logistically, it is, it is. Um, it's, you know, Russell Wilson now. Um, all of a sudden, the Broncos are relevant again, which is cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, But it's like, and so it was, it's a lot of fun. So Bills are, Bills are now at the Rams for opening night, which is just cool. Um, then they play the Titans week two on Monday Night Football, so they got... They got their five like national, like night games. Well, not night game, four night games, and then they have one of the Thanksgiving Day games. They're at Detroit for the early game, um, and then they also have the the Chiefs uh, Bills game is like week six or something like that. But that was so apparently like the the um, television organizations, whatever, get like rights to certain games, but stuff can be shifted around and they're Mm -hmm. allowed to put one game down. That's like a, we, this is our guarantee. This can't move. This is our game. Um, and that was the, the chiefs bills game was the CBS, like whatever you do with the schedule, we have to have this game. (laughs) We don't care about anything else. So that's coming up in week six, that rematch of the the great game. So I don't know. It was just, it's, it's been fun. Like following, you know, playing NFL schedule Sudoku over this past week in a, a part of the year that um, it's just amazing how the NFL can continue to dominate news cycles in yep. May. Yes. <laughs> it's Abs- like- yeah. You say that and because when I saw the notification pop up on my phone while I was driving yesterday, it said commanders release 2022 schedule. I clicked it and looked through it. Like I mm-hmm. wouldn't. Yeah. You're so, yeah. I was very excited about it. And I was like, Oh sick. They're playing the Titans. Crap. They're not playing here in Nashville. Oh, they're playing the Falcons. Great. Oh, they're not playing in Atlanta. Never mind. I'm going to go <laughs> another year without seeing them in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they got, um, what's his name? Sam Howell now as their quarterback. Um, uh-huh. I mean, he probably won't be a starter this year. He'll be the backup, but um, I mean, that was cool seeing over the course of the NFL draft. We had a quarterback from Liberty picked in the third round. Um, and then the quarterback from Porter Ridge High School go to the Commanders in the what was that fourth round pick? I think they picked him with something um, around that, yeah. So, so it's a nice, it's a awesome, it's a strange year where somebody from my college and high school were both drafted um, as quarterbacks. Yeah, it's so, exciting. <laughs> like, oh, that's it is exciting. Yeah. So, um, so looking forward to seeing. Like I'm like I actually have a somewhat of a positive interest in the Commanders now. Because, oh. You know, I'd like to see Sam Howell be successful. <laughs> like, I think that'd be really cool. <laughs> um, I don't care about the fact that he went to UNC just down the road. That's neither here nor there. But he went to my high school. So that's yeah. wicked cool. I think like that's um, cooler. So, yeah, I do too. Like, I mean, having the the guy, having a, somebody from Liberty get drafted that early. Like, I think it was the still uh, like the third quarterback overall taken, mm-hmm. um, and he was projected to go first round, and he he fell by virtue of the fact that most teams aren't really looking for quarterbacks. Right. And if they are, they all kind of have an eye towards next year's quarterback drafts. So right. they kind of want to stay bad this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's – so anyway, that was cool. That was number one was NFL stuff. Hey, pause um, on number two. I got to let my dog in. I think he's overheating. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> that is understandable. 
Sorry, all right. They were looking. Right. They we're watching two other dogs, and they were looking at me through the window, like, "Hey, we're gonna die. We need some water." <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's fair. It's hot. There. Um, we got the opposite. It's like sixty-five degrees right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next week, oof, not ready for the three days in the nineties next week. Yeah, not, not ready for it. Yeah. Switch number um, two. Anyway, number two, um, the NHL and the potential for so many game sevens. Uh, we had two games for sure going to game seven with the. Uh, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to Game Seven, um, which is just tremendous. What, what happened in that game? I saw the the news blurb on Athletic pop up. Like they like I, win last minute. They well, Tampa tie, so Toronto had the lead in the third period or going into the third period, and Tampa tied it somehow in the uh, in the course of the third period. I didn't wasn't watching it. I went to bed just resigning myself to the fact that Toronto is finally going to win its first playoff series in 15 years, 16 years, whatever it's been. Um, <laughs> and then I wake up to see they lost in overtime. I'm like, oh, snap. So Tampa came back and tied it, won it in overtime. But apparently the overtime loss involved Austin Matthews falling over, the puck being turned over, and an own goal by Toronto. No. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I do too. So there's just a there's this great joy. I mean, I don't have anything really against like the Maple Leafs as a team. They're uh, a team, you know, and they're yeah. there's this, you know, and their players, most of their players I actually like. Like Austin Matthews is amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. However, their fans in the media just have this talk of them like they're the New York Yankees. Um, but they, they haven't won the Stanley Cup in fifty five years. Right. Like nor you know, been this, close to it. Right. It's like they're they haven't won a playoff series in I don't know, sixteen whatever however long it's been. Mm-hmm. Um and on top of that they have in they are in the since two thousand sixteen they've played in eight games where they've been able to win the series and they've lost all eight. Jeez. <laughs> so it's this humorous thing for the Maple Leafs fans and their obnoxiousness. Um but it's cool too that so we also have the the Hurricanes and Bruins are going to Game Seven, um, and I believe and then Edmonton and the Kings are going to Game Seven, um, so there's at least four three games going, which it was great because it's set up for, it was set up for there to be up to potentially seven Game Sevens, and I was like yesterday morning I was like watch we're gonna end up getting one Game Seven. Like all other six other series are going to end. Um, yeah. But no, we only had one series end yesterday. The Blues series um, beat the Wild. But then the Oilers, Kings, Maple Leafs, Lightning, Hurricanes, Bruins are all going to game seven. And then tonight we have three other games that all have potential to go to game seven. Um, so you got Rangers, Penguins, Pan- Panthers, Capitals, Flames, Stars, all of which are, are right on that, that cusp, which could set up for a whole of really fun two days of game seven. Absolutely. I think I'm going to have to go lean Oilers and uh, this is kind of a bandwagon, but Panthers just cause why not? They haven't, you, the freaking Florida Panthers, like what? <laughs> so the Panthers, it's funny. Um, somebody on the athletic pointed this out, um, that I didn't know about cause I wasn't really watching hockey in 94 cause I was five. Um, but, but the Panthers got to the Stanley cup finals, one time and it was in 1994 and they got there by not being a very talented team, but being a team that was big and basically scratched and clawed and defended their, tried to make the games slow and boring, um, 
very defensive minded and basically like beat other teams up on their way to the Stanley Cup finals. And mm-hmm. it worked. And so the NHL decided it became this shift. This it being a you know, all leagues are copycat leagues. But that became like the way you gotta win in the playoffs was and so what we endured was the next fifteen years hockey was incredibly boring. Because you had the New Jersey Devils who would get a one nothing lead and then they would just sit in front of the goal and try and defend a one nothing lead and yeah. they had Mark Ambrodor, so more often than not they would. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You got this this extensive period where goals were continually going down and stuff like that. And now the NHL has shifted where all of a sudden goals are going up. Um, there's this more of an offensive minded nature to the game now. Um, and the Panthers are like the team at the forefront of that, where their their thing is, we are going to win, we're going to beat you because we're going to score five or six goals in this game, mm-hmm. um, and you might score four or five, but we're going to score more, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's it's worked for them this year, and so it's like if they can get to the finals and win playing that style, it be they could rectify the horror that the evils they committed in the '90s by creating this copycat league of everybody going, we want to be as gifted offensively as possible right which would just be awesome for the sport i mean it's changing a uh, goal for uh, goals per game were up the highest they've been since uh 1993 the year before jeez <laughs> the, the panthers ruined hockey um so <laughs> it's it's you know you're seeing a shift happen but um that's that's really cool um so I've spent a lot. There's been a lot of things in my top three, but the third one is just the exciting relegation battle um, at play in the EPL table. Uh, um, I mean, it's also an exciting battle for the Champions League as well. But um, yeah, with uh, Arsenal and Tot- Tottenham's win against Arsenal making that a one point difference, but Everton's big wins against Leicester and Chelsea. Um, and Man United over the course of several weeks, slightly mitigated by their draw against Watford. <laughs> the other oh, they did. But, yeah. I didn't see that. Oh. It's a zero-zero draw. Uh. Um, but anyway, you got Leeds is currently in the relegation spot with thirty-four points. Burnley is just out with thirty-four points, and then Everton is just ahead of them with thirty-six. So uh, it's going to be a slugfest over these final. We have two games. Three weeks of the season. Three weeks. Um, Yeah, because Everton plays. They got Brentford this Sunday, Crystal Palace on Thursday, and then Arsenal on Sunday. So it's a a lot. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, it's it's it hurt. I'm rooting for you. I am rooting for you. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't imagine a a world in which they're in the championship next year. You know that they haven't been there since '55, I think. Something like that. Yeah, they've only been out of the top division like four years and they're 130 years of existence Ugh. so um it's, it's okay it's gonna be a great story next year they're gonna be top four competing against city and liverpool, and liverpool. probably with how <laughs> how this league is it's like um, frank lampard's biding his time and his money or their their money mm-hmm. he's like you know what we're just gonna push through with what we've got right now and the next year we are buying everyone <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I mean, Leeds and and Burnley definitely have winnable games in this these last two or three games. Um, Leeds has got a uh, Brighton and Brentford coming up, and uh, Burnley has I think Aston Villa and um, Newcastle mm. in their their stretch of final games, and they have one other like against Tottenham, and then Everton's got Crystal Palace and Arsenal and 
So we'll see, but it's 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 entertaining. Yeah, it's as entertaining as it is stressful. Yes. Uh, what's what is really coming to play on the other side of the table? Uh, City and Liverpool are both trying to score as many goals as possible naturally, but like I feel mm-hmm. like they're going extra hard for it because this year could come down to goal difference. It, mm-hmm. it it's it's possible. I mean, City should have beat Wolves seven, if not eight to one, the other day. They won five to one, which was great. That's you know four more goals. Uh, but watching watching these guys get so upset when they're already up four to one at towards the end of the game of you know, missing the goal, they're like so upset. They're not laughing about it. Like a lot of times when you're up by a good amount and you miss a a, a chance, the guys are like oh ha ha, you know. That was close. You know, we're fine. It's going to be a good good game. No, you got Kevin DeBruyne like, Motherfucker! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, which he scored four goals the other night out of the five. Mm-hmm. He's he's just a, a, just mean. But anyway, I don't want to take away from your top three. <laughs> well, that's 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 everything there. And, I mean, it's going to be – that battle is going to be – I feel like City's in good shape. I mean, West Ham's not going to be easy. No. Um, that's going to be a, a tough one. But then they got Aston Villa – um, I believe is their their final one, mm-hmm. uh, which I feel like Aston Villa. I've, every team I'm reading, they have a game against Aston Villa. How many games do these guys have left? Uh, uh, they only have three. <laughs> they just <laughs> play Burnley. Ast- they're all uh, the same colors. They're all- <laughs> <laughs> Burnley, West Ham, and Aston Villa are literally the same colors, just inverted in some way, shape, right. or form. It's like who was your creative person or not so creative person that decided this <laughs> oh um, gosh but yeah so city has a seven goal lead in the goal differential right now too yeah which is which is big so. right and they were at one or two prior to that game so mm-hmm. <sighs> um but moving on we will talk motorsports um you want to do nascar or f1 first Let's let's jump into NASCAR, and I feel like it's funny because as the William Byron fan, I feel like you're probably way more upset about what happened than I am. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I could I could read that in the text messages because what did you say to me? Oh, where's my phone? Uh, this is so. This kind of made me laugh because I was so mad, and when I text Josh, I I mean hardly ever use any kind of profanity whatsoever so after the 22 took out the 24 i just i just texted him dick move by the 22 <laughs> and, and then all he said was i'm interested to see what my thoughts are on 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 all are on it all when we record so as am i um i was i was pissed i was so mad but let's hear your take on though because you're the william byron fan so it's 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 one of those things where for me, you know, you know, my personality is I'm so um, and, and you're similar too, in that we just expect something bad to happen. Uh-huh. So you kind of prepare yourself for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting because it it happened. And my initial when it happened, because they were showing kind of that overhead view as Lugano ran them down mm-hmm. and Byron got on the brakes so early that like I thought something was wrong. Mm-hmm. So my initial thought was that Logano just like he he surprised him because I mean even the I figured I, I with the way the rate Logano was catching him because they were they were pretty much even f- for the first twenty laps of that run and he had about you know anywhere between a 
nine tenths and one point one tenth of a second lead, um, and it it very quickly started evaporating in those last five laps. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting for like a tire to go down. And so when Logano hit him like that, my initial thought was, oh man, he must have had a tire go down. Um, I was also obviously annoyed and frustrated that the race wasn't five laps shorter because he would have won. <laughs> but it's, you know, so there's kind of that element. And so I was disappointed, very disappointed, but I wasn't like, you know, it's at a point right now where like the difference between him finishing second and 13th, where I think he finished, I'm like, that doesn't matter. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the wins that matter right now. If he mm-hmm. doesn't get the win, I'm like, okay, he lost nine points, whatever. Um, but then the, the interviews afterwards where Logano was talking about like, you know, you don't put me in the wall and then not expect to get wrecked. And I was like, okay, I can't watch anything after this because I'm going to get really angry. <laughs> oh, good for you. So I kind of like, I've honestly like checked out this week from NASCAR and I like, I haven't read really much response. I listened to what Dale Jr. said about it. Um, oh, I didn't hear I that. Like, Is that on the download? Yeah, it's on the download, I believe. Um, okay. It was like a clip they put a, posted on Twitter of his thought. And, okay. and I, it's what I agree with. Of You know, I did watch the one onboard angle. And, it, you know, Byron does squeeze him into the wall. It does happen. He, Be fair. Yeah. Yes, he does. Though yeah. Logano squeezes him down the track, too. Yes. So it's, it's one of those moments where if Byron has two options, he can either let out, off, not get into the 22 and he's going to lose two or three spots in his shot at the win. Mm-hmm. Um, or he can, he can race him close and it, it may or may not squeeze Logano into the wall. Um, he did. Uh, and you know, it is what it is. It's racing. Um, the frustrating thing, and this is what junior said basically was, you know, the retribution wasn't equal to the initial contact correct like like there's a there's a difference between logano moving him and wrecking him in that context um where like you know the it's it's the it's the chase elliott kevin harvick thing where when harvick wrecked chase elliott whether or not he actually did it in elliott's mind it was you cost me a chance at the win so i'm gonna cost you the race back Mm -hmm. and he held up harvick enough for larson to get by where Logano, you know, it's one thing to, okay, you squeeze me in the wall, I'm going to squeeze you. It's another to, like, punt with the intention to end a person's day. Right. Which is what happened. And it's not like even make an attempt to pass. Right. 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 It's difference between Byron and Logano's, the initial contact was a racing deal. Logano's was a, I'm, not, I'm just going to plow into you. Right. Um Which, and what, so, when he, sque- when Williams kind of squeezed him, we, we saw that. All day, all night, right? And we yeah. see it every time we go to Darlington. It's mm-hmm. a tight racetrack. You you expect it, and as a fan, I don't expect you guys to like the racers to you give room. I mean, I expect them to give room, but like like in a respect level. But at the same time, if you're racing hard, you're racing hard. That's part of it. If you if you don't want to be in racing where you know you can't touch each other, go to IndyCar, go to F1. <laughs> that's kind of where right. I stand right. with 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 that, but I mean, I get that Joey was upset that he squeezed him, but like you said, he, he squeezed him back, and that's st- like it happened all day. So it's, I don't, yeah, and yeah. it didn't end his day. Like it would have no. been diff- it had Logano cut down his tire, cut down Logano's tire, and he went to the back, and then 
like as Byron was coming by to lap him, he wrecked him like that. I can get a, even a bit more because right. it's like a it's that Chase Elliott thing. You cost me a chance at the win. I'm going to cost you a chance at the win. Right. Um, but it's not a you know, it's 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 just a different it's a it's one of those weird gray areas of racing where it's like, where's the, the line that's that's crossed, you know, at what? And so it's the and it's you know, there's also biases, you know, had had it been reversed had Logano squeezed Byron and then Byron dumped Logano, I would have, I personally would have felt icky about it. Mm -hmm. But would you have felt icky about it? Uh, Not at first. I would be like, oh, this is like, I would have been excited to see that from William Byron because we've never (laughs) seen that before. And any time the 22 is taken out, I'm happy with that. But yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely see your point, and and like trying to keep an objective point of view. That he, unfortunately, the twenty two is one of those drivers where it's hard for me to always be objective with it with right. him. Right. Um, the only objective thing I am with him probably, or yeah, is when he's in the booth, like when he's commentating on Xfinity. I think he's great. Mm-hmm. I enjoy listening to him. I, I I like his insight for the most part. But then when he goes in the Cup Series, he's just like this totally different person, which is, I mean, it's fine if you want to be like a villain on the track, but, mm-hmm. but like follow that, like, but don't be like a jerk. Like, don't, right. Don't just like take a guy out. I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. I, I would rather him had gone under Byron, race him. And then if they're coming to turn three on the final lap and there's like, okay, he, William's going to have the momentum coming off the high line. This is my chance. Wall him. Wall yeah. him. Yeah. Do a, do a um, Kurt Busch, Ricky Craven. I've heard that so many times this week of how mm-hmm. great that was because, yeah, they were duking it out and, and cars were torn up. But at the end of the day, those guys were like, I'm pretty sure they gave each other a handshake. Maybe, I, yeah. I, I, like the respect yeah, and it was so. not lost. Mm-hmm. And I, this is just that this style of racing just calls for a win at all costs and right. And no matter what, and don't care about what the other guy thinks of you. And that's like, if you want to be like that, if you're like kind of a Ross Chastain ish where you just don't care what other people think of you, that's fine. I'm okay with that. I mean, you're mm-hmm. not out there to make friends. You're out there to win and to, to get a championship and be a successful race car driver, not, you know, make a new book club, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Cause like, I know there's some guys out there where if the roles were reversed and that guy just got straight up dumped, I'd be like, whatever he had it coming. And I wouldn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't feel bad about it. Right. Um, where it's, it's like, I know there's a bias because I'm a William Byron fan. Right. Um, that I, I can't, you know, and, and it's, it's so like for me, I know that there's certain guys that like, like if Kyle Bush just got straight up dumped, mm-hmm. I would not, care about it at all i'd be like right. yeah you squeeze them in the wall you get wrecked it is right. what it is right you know yeah. and so like i'm trying to i'm trying to balance that a little bit um there's the entertainment aspect but there is also that element of like that annoying element of i want to watch guys race you know yeah yeah i want to see you try and make the clean pass i want to see you know it was like ross chastain moving almondinger and the 48 and just like running through them i'm like i don't i don't enjoy watching that like it's i don't enjoy watching that as much as i used to Mm -hmm. you know i'm all for contact but if you're just gonna like if you're gonna straight up dump a guy because it's yeah like there's weird there's but it's it's weird because i'm trying to i'm trying to like work this out within myself 
where there is also, um, you know, the way, uh, um, what's his name at Bristol dirt, just Briscoe just went for it mm-hmm. and accent. Who was it? He took out was it Chastain? Uh, t- t- no, t- no, it was Reddick. Yeah. And he just like took out Reddick. There's a part of me that like just loved seeing him just go for it. And who cares if I'm going to take somebody out? Um, but then he did care. He didn't want to take out Tyler and in his attempt to avoid taking him out. He took him out. It's like Jimmy Johnson at um, the, the first Roval race in his attempt to not take out the 19. And he definitely did. And he, he <laughs> took him out, you know? Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's one of those, it's this, I guess, gray area NASCAR has it's created. And I, I don't, I want to be consistent and I don't know that I can be consistent or like put a, put a, like a, a black and white line on when it's okay to go for it and when it's not. Yeah. You know, I think of, I think of Darlington last year when Kyle Larson just decided he was not going to lift in the corner and was going to ride the wall. Like it's NASCAR thunder 2002 or whatever. Dude, (laughs) I found that this weekend through a bunch of stuff. I found my old PS two and a bunch of old NASCAR games. Now it's got to find, now I got to figure it's got to convert the, the uh, RCA cable to HDMI and we're going to have a great time. Anyway, go ahead. Excellent. (laughs) But like, you know, that's a, had he like gotten to the outside of the 11 and took him out and somehow won that race, I would have loved that. Mm -hmm. And that's like, not really a racing move. That's a, I did not lift and took a guy out, you know, it's, yeah. so I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, I watched this and I, I'm trying to like think through, okay, that move, I wasn't happy with Logano's move. I did Mm -hmm. not like that, Mm -hmm. but am I being consistent with the other moves that have happened? Um, I, I mean, it's, with it's just a with the other races, other times that you're referring to those, like you kind of said, was those guys are going for it. They're going at they're they're going to try to win at all costs. And if it if it possibly means I might take out this guy, I might take out this guy. Then I'm sorry, but hey, I went for it. What he did was he he even admitted to it, like premeditated. I'm going to take him out regardless if I can pass him clean. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it's very, very frustrating and annoying. But at the same time, you know, if if Dale Earnhardt did it, people loved it. They screamed to the rooftops, you know, 1999 Bristol, Terry Labonte knocks him out. He, qu- he claims he didn't intend to completely wreck him, but he definitely, definitely did. Um, um, so you have that and it's but like you said at at the end of the day does it come down to who is behind the wheel and how you feel about it after the fact because if even if joe logano takes out kyle bush that same manner am i siding with kyle bush am i siding with joey am i indifferent do i yeah i don't know i don't know yeah (laughs) yeah i know it's hard to play that what if game i mean even but there was still like didn't earnhardt got booed like crazy in victory lane in 99 oh he did oh he did yeah. oh i i can still and, remember watching it yes <laughs> and so there's this like i don't know it's it is the it's it's an incredibly difficult thing to say you know because nascar has this we love the rubbing is racing we love the i love the idea of somebody i love watching races where somebody gets moved for the win mm-hmm. but then there's that that line it's it's where it's the difference between what Logano did to Byron, I don't know, versus like what he did to Truex, which also brings us to other 
all these more questions about the code because Truex spent laps and laps and laps working to pass him clean and Logano just turned around and pulled a bump and run on him, which I get the frustration with of like, look at what Truex did and then Logano just moved him. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Truex finished second in that race. He didn't wreck him. Mm -hmm. Um, you talking and about like Martinsville? Had, yeah, Martinsville. Yeah. Um, and it's like had had he just moved Byron and Byron got in the wall but kept going and finished second or third, would this have been as big of a deal? I to think people uh, than if I mean, he I think so because I didn't I didn't realize that Byron finished thirteenth. I actually thought he finished second for a minute. And I was still frustrated. <laughs> yeah, no, he finished thirteenth yeah, or fifteenth yeah. or something like that. Um, because he ended up blowing out both right side tires. Um, oh, okay. And limped around for those last two laps. Um, and that's kind of the, that was the point Dale Jr. was making is like, man, you didn't even let me finish. Like, mm. it's one thing, like, if you get squeezed in the wall, but then have the speed to run a guy down. I mean, that's the beauty of these new cars is that that's what we even talked about seeing at, I think it was Dover, we said, you're like, can't wait to see cars just like scrape that wall and just keep going. Yeah, you know, and not have it affect. I mean, that's one of the great things about Xfinity is with the car for so many years that it allows them to go on that edge, and if you happen to scrape the wall, it's fine. You know, mm-hmm. it the forgivable nature of it. I mean, that's awesome about this car that the Logano got squeezed into the wall pretty hard and still was able to twenty laps later run down the leader, and you know, yeah, I don't know if he made a pass for the win, but uh, <laughs> he, you know, was able he, to he go could he could have definitely made an attempt and mm-hmm. i feel like we would have had a fantastic finish one way or whoever wins i i don't know it just seems like if he had gone low and and will he just hold his line there the whole time we're having side by side for two and a half laps that's mm-hmm. that's what it seemed like it could have been again we could play Monday morning quarterback and what ifs all day long but it's yeah just, it's just and and with yeah. With the way the tire his tires were gone, like I was like I was watching Logano coming. I was like, okay, Byron should be able to hold on for third. Because both, you know, Reddick and Logano were gonna get by him, I thought, with the way his tires were falling off. I'm like, he has a big enough gap over Justin Haley that he'll finish third. Which let's talk about that real fast. Justin Haley finished third. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, when we came to that last restart, I was like, is that the thirty <laughs> one? Yeah, super awesome for him. Way to go, dude. <laughs> I mean that was that was a great Darlington race. Like, yeah, that was just spoke to the new car so mm-hmm. much. How all that? A lot of guys, a lot of guys that aren't always in the top ten could have finished in the top ten had a certain wreck on the backstretch not happen and take out a <laughs> bubble, <laughs> <laughs> taking out a twenty three eleven. So, yeah, and <laughs> it's and its owner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, case in um, point, don't own two cars and race at the same time. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> maybe it's it's incredible. Hamlin's year is, is amazing because if it wasn't for bad luck, he would probably have three wins right now. Easily, he's had several races where he's had the best car, and then like they have a pit road issue and the tire falls off, or a pit road issue this week, which led to um, a uh, Gabe Hart him being yeah. in the back and yeah. then a wreck, and it's like. Um, the, you know, the, the only race he probably shouldn't have won was the one he won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of the, the, some of those, I mean, even Toyota JGR just in, in general has had a rough year. I mean, you had the, 
the race earlier in the year where they were dominating and then a caution comes out with five to go and um, Alex Bowman backed, quote unquote, backed into <laughs> a win. So it's just, it's interesting. I feel like they're going to get things going soon and uh, you're going to see a um, JGR summer where they win like seven out of eight races or something right. like that. One of them's also good at parking on pit road and just leaving his car, hoping somebody picks uh, it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. Yep. Whew, that was. I can't go on a KB rant. There's no point. It's no. Wasted. Uh, yeah. Wasted breath. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, Darlington as a whole. That was. I that was one of my favorite races of the year. I think. Yeah, I, I would say I, so. I think it was. It was super fun. There was only 23 cars on track at the end of the race and not a mm-hmm. lot that were lapped down. Right. Which is right. Fa- uh, just great to see. You love, you love to see a race that is not, you know, the top nine are on the, are on the lead lap and then 10th through 17th or one lap down and then so on and so on. Uh, it's just not running around and around. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that whole thing and I'm really hoping Kansas can provide what Kansas has provided before in the past, and that is really good racing, ripping the top. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I think the, you know, finally getting back to a, a cookie. It's amazing to be like, oh, there's an intermediate track coming up. Finally, we're I, back there. I after. know. I hate that <laughs> what it does to the brain. It's so annoying. Yeah. It's like after California and Vegas were awesome, and then we've gone like two months without seeing one of them, and now we got Kansas, Texas. Charlotte, it'll be this nice run of intermediates that are hopefully awesome racing. Yeah. Well, Texas will suck regardless. But I don't know, um, man. They might be able to hit the crap out of each other during that race. They maybe. might be able yeah. to, but you still can't go more than a lane and a half up the track. Maybe they should run the uh, Atlanta package there. Well, That would uh, be. Maybe. Again, it's that same issue. You can't go in the sticky stuff. You can't run a lane and a half up the track. I thought you could. I know the IndyCar guys can't because they slip and wreck. Yeah, now it's going to be the same. I think. Oh, I mean, man. it could be different, but I think it's going to be just the same. It's a, it's a one lane racetrack because of them ruining the yeah. surface. I I read they have to tear up the asphalt if they want to get rid of it. Yep. That's insane. Yep. That's expensive. So, yeah. You know what you also do? Just rip up <laughs> the whole place and put in a condo. <laughs> or a short track. Or a short. <laughs> although, yeah. Although they need to tr- fix the short track racing, but um, mm. I think they'll get there. They'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll, eventually they'll figure. They it. will figure it out. Uh, anything mm-hmm. else you wanted to tap into in NASCAR wise? I don't think I had any more. Um, um, not really. I mean, it's it's interesting. You know, the championship battle's starting to kind of take shape a little bit. You're mm-hmm. starting to kind of get a a better picture of who are the favorites. I mean, I think uh, the wins do tell a pretty good story of that. You know, Byron and Chastain have kind of. I don't want to say they've, I would say if anybody, Chastain set himself apart a little bit more, but there's this, this element where it's like, okay, those two guys have been the the most consistent in terms of having, I mean, Byron could easily have five wins this year um, between last week and Richmond and um, what was the one a few weeks ago where it looked like he had a chance to win late. Um, I can't. I can't remember. think of it. I'm, I'm <laughs> staring at my wall, thinking, "What race was it?" I don't remember. Yeah, but I mean, it's been 12 races, and he's won two and been right there late with three other ones. Um, 
that if just a few things had broken his way, he would have won or if Darlington was five laps shorter, um, you know, it's, yeah. it's <laughs> but the, you know, those two have kind of separated themselves, but there's still plenty of time for Larson to get things clicking. Um, Elliot and Blaney continue to be Mr. Consistencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got the JGR guys that, like I said, at any point in time, things could just click for them and they could win yeah. five, six, yeah, seven I think, out of get ready, man. I, I, yeah, it's, it's coming. It'll, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll get there. I feel bad. Yeah. I honestly feel bad for the D, D Hamlin's pit crew and like this, the mess ups, whether it be in their control or out of their control. It's like, oh, pit road is like his Achilles heel, whether it be speeding, a tire going past him. Who's <laughs> during Dover? Someone said, I can't remember who it was. Someone said in the, in the booth, like, like Denny's driving down the, to get back on the pit road and, or no, just one of the drivers is, is just on like that bottom apron. And like, you don't want to see, it was Clint Boyer. He's like, you don't want to see a tire going past you <laughs> <laughs> at like at speed. Like you're, you're mm-hmm. doing 70 and the tire is going by you. That's right. That's ter- not good. That is terrifying. There's a reason why the penalty for that is so steep. Mm-hmm. Oof, mm-hmm. Maybe too steep. Although <laughs> it is incredible in the consistency standpoint. Uh, Chase Elliott, in terms of just pure points, currently has a 65 point lead over William Byron and Ryan Blaney. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, just from that is, wow, that's consistency to a T. Mm hmm. Ten top, t- nine top tens. Wow. Um, which the second most is Kyle Bush's eight. Chastain has seven. So, wow. like, it's crazy. William Byron only has four top tens. He's led 544 laps. <laughs> has Dang. Two wins, only four top tens. <laughs> I feel like, like we were talking about this a few weeks ago, where all of his wins have been overshadowed by something else that happened on track. Right. He, this time, <laughs> he had more spotlight because he lost <laughs> right all the spotlight finished 13th place <laughs> yeah oh gosh his face looked like something straight out of days of thunder in his interview it was like dirty and mm-hmm. just like grimy it's like oh okay cold trickle <laughs> <laughs> i have to watch That's that tonight awesome. what a great movie yeah for mm. real go mm. for real good stuff i have the house to myself the next three days so to watch all the all the all the band movies, <laughs> whatever that means. But right. moving on to F one for real quick, for real quick, uh, for real quick, for real quick. F one was in Miami this weekend. First, first race in Miami ever. Well, maybe not ever. I think they maybe have done a downtown race a long time ago. Maybe, maybe. I feel like I read an article on that. I could be lying. Who I th- knows? I think no. I think you're right. Okay. Um, held in a parking lot in uh 15 miles just uh north of downtown i believe yeah because it sits it kind of sits in between fort lauderdale and miami which i came to find out because i've been there twice in the past five months which is too many times <laughs> I, I did the math i think i'm in florida like 15 or 16 days out of this year i'm like that's too many days this is this is too many days in florida um beautiful complex uh wide open also home to a I believe world-renowned tennis court location facility thing. Who knew? I had, hmm. I had no idea. I remember seeing the tennis courts. I didn't know they were world-renowned. So neat. Uh, 
home, like the the track itself very very cool i i, mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed the track uh i thought the the fact they how they positions this track in a parking lot and also next to the florida i guess like the florida turnpike or whatever basically mm-hmm. it goes right under it like they built the part of the track goes right over an exit ramp and then it does this weird chicane thing under the overpass which i found out why they put that there did you hear did you listen to I the teardown no, I, I did not uh jordan bianchi kind of uh explained it they put the chicane there that kind of goes up that little like small little plateau um to mitigate speed they thought the corner was gonna be too fast because of the overpass there they didn't want hmm. like a freak accident to happen and a car fly and hit it right <laughs> i was like sense. uh like i thought that i was like that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard, but it also makes complete sense. <laughs> uh, apparently, Charles Leclerc was the only driver who really enjoyed that little chicane. Ever, all the other drivers yeah. were not fans of it. Uh, there mm-hmm. was talk about the asphalt not being their favorite either. Um, Daniel Ricardo says it was a bit Mickey Mouse on on like layout and whatnot, and well, that's were, appropriate. Well, exactly, I thought it was fitting, especially <laughs> from him, especially from him. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought that backstretch, if you will, was awesome. It was three quarters of a mile long, three DRS zones, mm-hmm. um, all around. The one where they they were yeah. like, "This this DRS zone," they said it probably won't make a difference. There's no point in having it there. And then that's where Max made the pass. For uh-huh. the yeah, <laughs> that's that was the one that kind of like turned a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. That DRS, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It the racing itself was was saved by the safety car if i if you will um mm-hmm. at the end there but regardless i mean that's part of racing and it's it it ended up being a great finish uh charles was not was not able to make the pass on max because man those red bulls the straight line speed my gosh max was i don't know what the, like the exact stats on it but it seemed like he was matching speed of charles when charles had drs like mm-hmm. Charles was not making up much ground, especially on that back straightaway uh, under DRS conditions, and um, it kept it interesting though because if he was able to stay within that one second, he was able to always have the DRS, and it got to one point where he was just under a set or just over a second behind Max, and it was it was done at that point uh, at the end of the race. Mm-hmm. But I I thought it was a really fun weekend i thought the fake yacht thing at first i wasn't crazy about the fake marina but <laughs> i was thoroughly entertained by it every time they would like pan it pan the camera out and and it was there it's who's it was brett griffin he was who i thought would like dog it completely he thought he was man if there's a boat like fake or not i'm sitting i'm sitting my tail down and i'm gonna party on that boat and watch a race yeah, i was I mean, like absolutely <laughs> i thought it was a great idea like i remember people i'm like okay yeah it's a little i mean i get it's a little silly but at the same time it's it's kind of this is it's you're representing a city too you yeah. know uh-huh. and so it's like okay this is this is kind of what miami's known for and the track obviously isn't at like the beach and stuff like that like you'd like so if you can't and it's not a big deal i don't think to kind of put a paint a picture of like this is what our city's about mm-hmm. and so we're going to come up with this creative idea and we'll, i mean even utilizing that blue all throughout the track i thought it was a that really was a beautiful color. idea yes yeah and so it's like and it's it's representative of of the city kind of it's it's a color that you connect with mm-hmm. miami 
And so it, it made sense to me. I'm like, you know, I'm, I think it, it's a cool idea. I mean, you know, if somebody wants to pay $15,000 to sit at one of those boats or whatever. Yeah. Knock <laughs> it's a great out. way to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Those tickets, man. So. Uh, uh, overheard one person, one guy paid like the all access paddock pass. He paid $30,000 or something for it. I'm just, oh my, I can't even fathom that at all. Uh, yeah, I, they do. They have a 10 year deal with Miami. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever be able to go to it if they keep the prices at that high. There's no mm-hmm. way. I, there's no way. I don't think it'll stay there. Um, you know, F1 is running, riding kind of this hot season right now, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's just a reality with sports is that you you don't some whatever the hot commodity is now it, it won't be in five years probably. That's fair. That's fair. You know, you hope that it as it levels out and isn't as much of like the cool thing of the do of the week right. that it levels out at a higher point than it was before. And I mm-hmm. think it will. Yeah. Um, but there is this element to of, okay, right now this is a really cool, neat, unique thing. Five years from now when it's their fifth year, sixth year doing it. And you know, there's three races in America. I'm sure the prices will drop enough to where they're affordable for normal people like us. Like, yeah, like that. <laughs> I'm really hoping to go to the Las Vegas Grand Prix next year. I don't know where you would even put a grandstand in that place. That beyond me. I don't. Having been there a few times and just knowing what that city looks like, uh, unless they put it like in front of many casinos, which I guess they'll do. Like, uh, anyway, that that's gonna be cool. That race it'll be held on a Saturday, which will be. Interesting. interesting yeah i think they're kind of appeasing to a lot of well a it's hot it's it's vegas um mm-hmm. but i think they're trying to appease possibly to viewers overseas maybe i feel that like i sense. heard that i think i heard i think i read that in the athletic um well yeah, yeah so i make, see yeah. it just kind of affecting the the tour touristness as well of oh yeah coming in friday and getting the utilize everything watching the race and then you got saturday to spend more time at the casinos or whatnot and then mm-hmm. head back sunday i guess there's a part of the logic i can see to that versus coming in on saturday and leaving on sunday i don't know i'm just pulling yeah. stuff out of my butt though yeah for that <laughs> yeah well um yeah <laughs> i say one other like kind of almost big but frustrating thing was uh, mick schumacher coming so close to his first points in that. Oh, I know. Um, and then crashing with three or four laps to go. That was oh, such a heartbreak. That. You know it's bad when the commentators are heartbroken by it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like Martin Brundle was like, or, or Crofty was like, when he wrecked, he's like, oh, he makes you while he misses out on his point or whatever we said. <laughs> he was like a little heartbroken by it, but it's Crofty, so you, you gotta love him. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Super, super good Grand Prix. I don't really much to touch on it. I mean, it, it wasn't racing wise. It wasn't that wasn't a lot to pull from too much. Um, someone made the point of it was more. It was more the pre-race that was the party that was the thing to be at, and then the uh, the race was almost like a, more of an added bonus to the mm-hmm. to the spectacle that it was, which I could I can agree with that, um, but. One little thing I'll touch on with with the Grand Prix, then we can move on, is you know they they maybe the Miami Grand Prix is is supposed to stay exclusive 
to those who can afford the ticket like the Monaco Grand Prix. You know, Monaco is such a staple of a of a race and an event and it's never been to a degree it's never been like attainable <laughs> for guys mm-hmm. like us quote unquote because it's so expensive it's 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 so glitz and glamour that like could Miami be that for the states like would it stay that way and then Vegas and Austin maybe are more affordable or 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 like you said you know this is the hot new thing so it's going to be expensive and then once we get to that you know we get to the 5 year 6 year mark of this contract is it going to you know break $1000 for the most expensive grandstand ticket and be more of a $500 ticket for a 3 day pass or something like that because cuz that would speak to me I'd be like oh $500 for 3 days yeah okay i could mm-hmm. i could i could do that that's right not the worst thing um it's interesting it's interesting watching and seeing that those price those those prices like i wonder what other races look like like i've never shot for tickets for the spanish grand prix or the australian grand prix so i doubt they're that high but i don't know just just ticket prices for sports man yeah yeah i don't yeah you're right i don't have anything comparable but i'd hope it comes down yeah you know i'd that would be my hope, but I mean, yeah. it's, it is cool to see just the, you know, it's fun watching all the, you know, ask Danny Ricardo what his highlight of the weekend at Miami was. He said it was hanging out with Josh Allen. Hey, <laughs> heck yeah. Um, I didn't know he was there. Just, That's awesome. Yeah. He wasn't, he was, he was like on the grid and everything too. There's some videos of him there that I saw on Twitter, but there wasn't, he was, he was not interviewed. I'm sure Mahomes was there too. No, he um, was. He, uh, he like yeah. he kind of stayed, he didn't go on the grid during the okay. race. Yeah. Um, but it's so it's just you know it's it's a neat thing to see kind of the impact that it it's having and the way it's growing and everything it's just um so i don't know we'll see i was we'll we'll see it was a fascinating thread though that talked about just the the growth of f1 oh man i could go on a whole rant on that next episode let's read through (laughs) that let's read through that thread that's a great great thread um, that's good. It fired me up. Um, anything you got? Any plan on yellow card, red cards before we head out of here? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Not this time. That's so, fine. We'll, we'll be back to that next week. We'll get back. We'll get back <laughs> to more regular things next week. We hope. Yeah. Anyway, we should be right. able to. Monday, yeah. definitely. I think mm-hmm. that's my freest day next week. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Sounds good. Well, guys, thanks for hanging out with us uh, on Red Flags and Red Cards, and we will see you guys next week. With that, I'm Nick. And I'm Josh. We will talk to you guys later. Bye.